have been taken away for cleaning. But I see the curators watching the homeless, and the homeless watching the curators. My mother tells me that the things are being put somewhere safe, but blind eyes turn both ways, and everyone is hungry. I prefer to stay in the flat, where my mind can wander, and I don't have to think about other people. Other people belong to another time, when I was not afraid of the troops, when the streets were not as empty as they are now, when my father was home more often than he was away, and there was always something to look at. A market stall, for example, constructed as soon as the troop patrol had passed and then dismantled before there was any chance of them returning. Or a screen party, when the street people would find an ancient television or a computer from the time before the collapse and rig it up to a power source, and then tweak and connect and twist cables together until a moving image appeared, captured from the random bits of the past that still floated outside the government firewall. Once it was women in huge dresses, and men in black and white suits, all dancing together. And another time, it was an excited man chopping up fresh carrots. Real, true life, fresh carrots, so fast you could barely see the knife move, while a room full of people sitting in rows watched and laughed. My mother said that it must have been recorded as a live broadcast, and that that was ironic because everyone in it was probably dead now. Even when there were no markets or screen parties, there were the street prophets, making poetry of the barren world. The fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labour of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. I used to stand and listen to that one for ages, letting the words thunder around my head until my mother pulled me away. But everything changed after Regent's Park. Regent's Park is why I don't like thinking about people anymore. My father was away at the time. My mother and I were at home, and through the window of the flat I saw troops in Bedford Square. They were setting something up. At first I thought it was a registration station or a food drop, but then I saw cables and a generator and a large screen and amplifiers, People began to creep out of the alleys towards the screen, and the troops stood around with their guns trained on the growing crowd. Then the whole screen was filled with the face of a smiling woman. Her skin was impossibly clean, her lips bright red, and her hair dark and smooth. Her lips moved, showing white teeth, but the only sound was a high-pitched screeching from one of the amplifiers. The soldiers argued, shaking bits of cable at each other. One started shouting into a communicator. I could hear his voice through the closed window and opened it to try and catch his exact words. A woman in a long blue skirt, dingy with grey, stepped from the crowd with her hands held up so that the soldiers could see she had no weapons. I couldn't hear what she was saying, but the soldiers moved things about when she pointed, 
and then there was a buzzing thud from the amplifiers. The screeching sound stopped, and the red-lipped woman's voice, smooth and shiny as water, spread over the crowd, quietly at first, then louder as the soldiers worked out the controls. I leaned out of the window to listen. So, let's work together, the woman on the screen said, smiling and shaking her beautiful hair. Whether you fell behind on your rent or lost your mortgage in the collapse, there's a place you can go while our emergency government sorts things out. She held out a hand as though she was inviting us into her home. Regent's Park, she said, and music started, bright, cheerful music, like the song on that little snatch of old film. As the music played, the screen...